Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. The new season is almost here, but there's still a few transactional moves to break down, a few things that have happened recently. I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. Find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle Kuzma's new deal with the Lakers. We'll talk about THT, Dynamite, the guy Lakers fans are buzzing about. And can the Lakers keep him long-term? What's his situation look like? Plus, the Milwaukee Bucks get slapped on the wrist for their, the Bodan Bogdanovich mess. We'll talk about that and a new deal for Rudy Gobert. Joining me as always on the front office show, we've got Keith Smith. You can find him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. You can also find his work on Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog, basically everywhere. Keith, how are you doing, man? Yeah, we are going to be plagued by technical difficulties today. This one was caused by me, and I didn't have my mic off mute. I am doing well, man. It's uh, you know almost Christmas here, which means that season is just uh, tomorrow. If uh, you know we're, we're recording this on Monday, we got tip off tomorrow, a uh, ring night for your Lakers. So, uh, you know, one last relive that title before waging a title defense. So, That's right. yeah, man, I can't wait. I'm excited, you know. And we're wrapping up transaction season for for the time being, right? We'll we'll, we'll get back into that around the trade deadline which has now been set for march 25th officially we we know this so uh yeah but, but we got we got some transactional stuff to talk about with your team yeah for sure let's start off with the kyle kuzma deal three years 40 million extension uh, extension on his contract and he does have a player option in that final year i know i was perfectly fine with it i felt like this was about market rate at least close enough to where it's not anything to fret over what was your take on it, though, Keith, from an outside Lakers perspective? Yeah, I, I thought he might get a little bit more um, th- than this. I thought mm-hmm. he might get something starting around $15 million. Um, and if had he gotten to, um, to free agency instead of the Lakers getting this done now, I think what the Lakers uh, rightly read the room as is there's going to be a lot of teams with cap space. And because of all these extensions, there's just not a lot of guys suspended on. So I think what the Lakers were looking at here was if we can get him locked up on something that's a little more team friendly, uh, let's get that done because there's a team could have forced them into either losing him entirely or um, matching an offer sheet that just wasn't as comfortable because we are very rapidly going to see, there's going to be more money available than quality players suspended on in a, Youngish, I guess he's not really young anymore, but youngish, um, scoring forward who can score inside and outside. That's a guy you could see a team, you know, like Cleveland or New York or right. Charlotte, kind of talking themselves into saying like, all right, there's a guy we can pay, you know, fifteen million a year to and feel good. So, and then I think the player option that was the um, the kind of give back because he didn't get quite as much money and it was a shorter deal. Um, so I think you know this is solid for both sides. Kuzma gets. Paid maybe a little bit less, but he'll get back on the market in a couple years, and then the Lakers get get him on a, a you know better value. Really, by the time he opts out, you'll have better clarity on what's going on with LeBron by then. Um, you know, I think I, when I was looking at, it, yeah, it's only Anthony Davis and LeBron uh, or Anthony Davis rather that's under contract mm-hmm. by the time that 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 uh, player option is due for Kuzma. So you'll know what's going on with LeBron by then. So it could really be a chance for the Lakers to fully reset around Anthony Davis at that point. 
That's right. And when we're looking at this, I think it's a good point about what the market's going to look like next offseason because we thought this was going to be this big boom year. 2021, man. Save your cap space for 2021. It's going to be Giannis. (laughs) It's going to be Paul George. It's going to be Rudy Gobert. All these players. Oh, no, wait. They all signed extensions. We've thought, you know, Anthony Davis, he'll do a one plus one and he'll opt out. Nope. Five-year deal. LeBron James had a player option. Nope. He did an extension. The the market is drying up very, very quickly. So you're right. There's still cap space out there. And if you're the Lakers and you wait until the offseason of 2021, you say, okay, we're just going to let you be a restricted free agent. Then you run the risk of somebody coming in and giving them a big offer, which is the exact situation yep. the Sacramento Kings just got into a few weeks ago. And they lost the player because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, think that Bogdanovich mm-hmm. situation was a little instructive for the Lakers here, where it was, you know, all right, we don't want to really risk losing him, and we don't want to be pinned into matching, you know, a four-year, you know, 15 to $20 million a year deal, which then is going to put money on the, the cap, when maybe we don't want it, you right. know, when it's really just kind of Anthony Davis at that point. So, yeah, I, I think this was the Lakers really, they, they did a nice job here of kind of threading the needle of what we're going to commit to you. Um, we're going to kind of keep our let's call it core ish right the core is is james and davis mm-hmm. but kuzma i would say is you know it core ish core like adjacent. And, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah core jason that's a good way to put it um so i think yeah i think this was a you know we'll keep this group together a little bit and go and and it's funny you know talking about next off season i mean somewhere andre drummond's gonna have a huge smile on his face <laughs> right. Because now instead of being like the twelfth best free agent, he might be like the second uh, best free agent on the market. You know what? What is interesting? You know, it, this isn't anything related to Kuzma, um, but it is related to the Lakers. I am a little curious to see what happens with Montrezl Harrell now. You know, like, right. I know we haven't seen him play his first real game with the Lakers yet, right? It's only been a couple preseason games, but he's got that player option next year, and almost all those same teams that we thought might give him a big offer this summer are going to be there, you know, sitting there to, you know, potentially throw that money at him. And, and the good thing is, right, the Lakers will know how does he fit, you know, did, did he work, you know, did, did it play out the way we hoped for, you know, and go there, you know, of course, he, he's a clutch client, so that, you know, can weigh into this as well. But 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 it, it is interesting to just see, you know, they, they could be in a position where, you know, kind of retaining him if he opts out could get to be a really interesting question. And I think that's one where, his representatives read the market pretty well and said, you know, let's do a one-year deal because next year, instead of, you know, this year is what, maybe the 10th, 12th best free agent on the market. Um, you know, next year he might be top five, you know, with just the way these things could line up. So so that that's just another thing to keep an eye on as you talk, you know, all these options and the like. Yeah, top five and more money out there means probably a, yeah. a bigger deal for that. So that could wind up being a very, very smart move by Montrez Harold. But before we In close, the Lakers. Go ahead. Sorry, the Lakers are limited in what they can pay him because they, they would have to reuse the um, the non-taxpayer. Or actually, it might be the taxpayer by that point. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, they, 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 but they are limited in what they can pay him next summer, and then um, and then they're also limited in the fact that, or they can use his non-bird rights, but that's a very minor bump in pay for for Harold. So that's just something to keep an eye on for them uh, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And before we close the books here on Kyle Kuzma, one of the things that's been brought up by a lot lot of Lakers fans have been saying, well, you know, Kyle Kuzma has been in a million trade rumors, right? In in probably the last month, he's been in pretty much every single trade rumor that's been out there since the, the trade window opened. But we know now that he's going to be a Laker for, for a little bit, but a lot of people are saying, well, you know what? He was only going to make 3.5 million this season. Getting this increase in salary 
could actually make him more tradable logistically because it makes it easier in set for salary matching purposes. You're just not going to find anybody that's worth trading for in general that teams actually want to part with that's only making about $3.5 million. So moving Kyle Kuzma was a difficult task logistically, might be a little bit easier. That's obviously not why you sign a player. But yeah. down the road, if things aren't working out, he actually becomes a little bit more easy to move, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, he was super easy to move at 3.5 because anybody could have taken that. Well, but, but to get But as far as getting return. the Lakers something yeah. worthwhile back, yeah, there, there's that. I mean, and it's not – he didn't get paid so much that it's not such a huge right. huge uh, difference. You know, like, like Jason Tatum with his extension, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, they're getting paid so much more by getting the max in that first year that it becomes almost impossible to move those guys because of the base year compensation um, part or the poison pill people yeah. call it. That's not what it's really called, but but that's what people will call it. Um, we're going to get into more of what the poison pill is on the next guy in a minute here um, when we talk them. But but yeah, it's yeah, it, it's um you know he's going to count as ten point nine million on one side in trade is three point five on the other side. So yeah, a little, little more movable. And I think KCP is now on a movable mm-hmm. contract at you know thirteen million and no no uh, uh and no form of a player or um uh, no trade clause right. for him on that right. this year so you know that that could be done but i think you know you didn't they didn't resign these guys these guys are too good to be the kind of what i like to call the human trade exception right. or any of that stuff they resign these guys with the idea of these guys being part of the roster uh you know at least for this next season and beyond yeah so for a little while we can we can cool it on the Kyle Kuzma trade rumors but um, <laughs> yep. let's let's jump to the next guy here the guy that's got Lakers fans are just buzzing over Taylor Horton Tucker he's been <laughs> he's been tremendous he's been better than I thought and I was fairly high on him I was optimistic about what he could be but I didn't that was your guy seeing, at summer league <laughs> he was he was my guy but yep. he didn't play <laughs> I was no, I was no. hoping he would play it's like the league. only guy we we're hopeful to see right that's right and he wasn't there he got that injury but um Look, THC has been tremendous for the Lakers. He's done a lot of good things, and I've done a lot of videos explaining everything that he's done, so I'm not going to go over that again. But bottom line, he has been a revelation so far. Now, a lot of Lakers fans are looking, okay, this is his second year of a two-year deal. He's only going to be making about a million and a half this year. Lakers are over the cap. What is in place to help them keep him long-term, assuming that he continues to play at this level, and he's a guy they want to hang on to? Yeah, so you know, I'll touch on a little bit. Um, if anybody missed, I had a tweet. Uh, Scout texted me during uh, yeah. one of the preseason games and said, you know, hey, I don't know if you're allowed to bet on this, but put some money on Talon Horton, our most improved player. And his reasoning on that was he's going to play a lot and he's going to put up numbers. And, and the reason he's going to play a lot is, one, he's proven he's not a bad player. Uh, but the other piece is, right, we expect the Lakers to rest guys quite a bit, at least early in the season, and kind of ramp things up slowly and the like. So so the minutes are there for him. And, and I think it's pretty clear now he's kind of seized his way into being the, the what's it, worst, second-best wing uh, off the bench you know, on, oh, on yeah. the team. Um, yeah. Now, um, so I think that is you know re- really important because you know Caruso is more of a ball handler. Um, you know, well, who knows if Caldwell Pope starts or not, right? And they've actually been using Taylor Horton Tucker as a point guard in some sets. Yeah. They started him at, yeah. at point guard in one of the games, and he looked really good there, which blew me away. I I wasn't expecting that, but he's been extremely versatile both on and off the ball. So they've been using him yeah. just about everywhere. I, and I think you can get away with that on reserve units. Yes. I, I think he's okay, you know, against starting groups. Eh, let, let's see. 
right? Let's see what happens. But I think what what is interesting, you know, with him is um, now as you look at it, let's say he has a good season, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not going to say he's most improved player, sixth man of the year. I know people are already getting crazy and dreaming, you know, bigger stuff. (laughs) MVP, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It, certainly, he might be MVP of the preseason. That was definitely, uh, you know, definitely up there yeah. on that list. Um, but what, what? Let's say he has a good year, enough where somebody says, "All right, you know, I'm interested in this guy, and I think you know we could bring him in." Again, those kind of those those bad teams that are just looking to collect talent. Um, everybody's always looking for wings that can create with the ball in their hands. Um, let's say a team wants to throw an offer sheet at him because he'll be a restricted free agent. There's absolutely no reason for the Lakers to not give him a qualifying offer unless he proves to be absolutely terrible yeah. in the regular season, um, which we don't expect. So the Lakers are, are going to be way over the cap, so they're going to give him a qualifying offer. Then what happens, because he's only completing his second year, he's um, subject to what's the arenas provision, um, and, and that is where it comes in with the um, poison pill, um, you know, or so so it sometimes is called um, in there. So what happens in that is a team can't come in and they can't give him a twenty million dollar a year offer in first year salary, which the Lakers then you know probably maybe are in position to not even be able to match, right? right? So what they can do is the max offer sheet they can give the player is the um, non taxpayer mid level. That is the max first year salary. The second year salary is a 5% raise over that. Then the third year, because which is this is really important because um, in, in the third year, um, you know, with this, this is where it jumps up to. It could be, um, this is where it, where it gets a little tricky, is it's the max it could have been if you could have given more money in the first two years. Um, so that's that's where it gets gets a little tricky. So so it jumps up considerably. We'll jump up by you know six seven million um, in that third year. Then that fourth year can go up by five percent. And fourth year that's the max because to be another team can't give it more than a four year um, contract with that. And to so put a number to that, what, the non the non taxpayers just just below ten million starting as right. I recall. Yeah yeah that is. That is projected. At, I will tell you right now. Give me two seconds. Uh, about nine point five. Um, for next year so a little bump over this year is 9.3 so about 9.5 uh next year so and had i been uh, better prepared i would have had the math worked out for you in full um on that but but we'll i will forgive I you Keith. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um so now let, let's uh let, let's let, let's dig, dig a little bit deeper here on this because now here's where it gets really kind of fun and interesting you can allow the if you match um, that 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 um, contract. What the Lakers could do is they could say, "All right, we're going to match it as written," which means nine point five in the first year, five percent rate mm-hmm. is over that. Then the big jump, and then the smaller jump off that big number. Um, so it kind of is, you know, non-taxpayer a little bit more, then the big spike, and then a little bit more. Or what they can do is they can take the average of that they could take that average and say we're going to um do it as the average number over those four years is what the cap hit will be how he gets paid out that that's dependent on how how the offer sheet is ultimately written but you can kind of um base this this is if you remember this is going back a little ways but jeremy lynn and omer asha yes signed with the houston rockets on contracts like Mm -hmm. this um back in the day now there was a slight tweak in the CBA after that that said it wasn't really fair because what they were going to do was make the matching team have to use the average 
um, salary, and then the new team could do the the small right. small spike. Um, but what they they did was they tweaked it and said the matching team can pick how they want that cap hit to fall, which is helpful with them. So. So, yeah, it's definitely helpful to do a couple different things because you can either lower the lower it in the future years if that's what you're looking for, which I would think if the Lakers were ever put in this position where it really mattered, they would rather pay more up front, right? Because you're already over the cap now. Might as well just pay. You're going to be over the tax. Just, you know, bump that salary up. Unless you're really running into the hard cap, then that becomes another thing, which I know, you know, you're very familiar with this year. Yes, um, yep, we've talked about that a lot. Um yeah. So, or, um, or you can do it where I want less money in the later years because that's when all the other contracts are off the books. I want to have a little bit less salary. Now, this only really matters if he gets an offer big enough to to matter in this case. Right. If it's a smaller offer, then you just kind kind of move on. But but so it would take him having a pretty big breakout season um, and becoming a really really you know piece that other teams covet. But that's where it's at. And then if the Lakers just want to re-sign him, um, they can re-sign him using. An exception, which be you know the non-taxpayer got that, or the taxpayer, or what they could do is um use his early bird rights to resign him, which is what what um you know they may do as well. So so they've got a bunch of different options here. So basically, it's set up so that they don't have to just lose him, um, right. but it's it's set up that they they have every ability to um to match on this if you know for some reason he really breaks out and a team throws a big offer his way. And you, you, the reason why all of this was put in, you mentioned it at the beginning, is because of the Gilbert Arenas rule. Gilbert Arenas, yep. uh, essentially, what happened with Gilbert Arenas, he was with the Warriors. He broke out after being a, a second-round pick. The Washington Wizards came along, threw a bunch of money at him, and the Warriors could not. They Under the, the league rules, Correct. they could not match that offer, and they had to watch this valuable asset walk away and yep. get nothing for him. And so the league said, you know what, this isn't what we want. This isn't how it's supposed to be set up, and so they made these tweaks so that now the Lakers, who are in this situation with Taylor Horton-Tucker, if he continues to play well, there are protections in place so they can hang on to him. And again, like yep. Keith, Keith detailed, depends on if he takes an offer sheet for another team or if they just come to an agreement with him. But bottom line, if he really cements himself as part of the Lakers' core group here, the Lakers can keep him. And I want to say this was the... Um... I may be misremembering this, so so I'll have to go back and look. But I think this was the same situation with Alex Caruso after his second year. Um, I think you know it didn't it didn't end up coming to that. The Lakers mm-hmm. agreed to a contract with him um, where they re-signed him. But I think after his second year, he, he had become kind of a um, you know more valuable player than than what was originally projected. They re-signed him. Uh, to to a more reasonable deal, which was you know about two point five, I think last year or something in that range. Um, but yeah, so it's it set up to you know make it so you at least have a chance at keeping a valuable player, younger guy. Um, you know this really only comes into play with second round picks or undrafted players. Um, but that's what it's set up to do. This is as an aside. This is mm-hmm. what teams are able to using an exception or using cap room. Why they prefer to sign these guys to three and four year contracts right out of the gate so you don't even have to deal with this nonsense because this arenas provision is only subject to guys um in their first or second year and like with horton tucker 
um, when the Lakers signed him. They didn't have any of an exception left nor cap space, so they could only give him a two-year deal, which is the max allowable by the minimum exception. So that's that. That's um, just kind of how you get in this situation. But it, you know, in general, teams want to sign those second-round picks. You see so many of them um, sign those three and four-year deals because then that protects you a little bit from having to go through this process um, earlier. And it's another year of development time. You get a really good understanding of who the guy is. Right, which is certainly important for NBA teams. Um, all right, yep. before we move over to the Milwaukee Bucks and their recent little issue. Um, all right, Keith, so the Milwaukee Bucks got in a little bit of trouble over that whole Bogdan Bogdanovich thing. We talked about it on a previous show. It looked like they had a deal in place for him. They had a, a deal done. And then, well, what wounds up, what ends up happening was the deal falls apart. The NBA were kind of <laughs> alerted to it because they announced it like five days before yeah. they were allowed to. And there was an investigation, and now they're losing their 2022 uh, second round pick. Are you surprised that the NBA actually went ahead and took their draft pick, or what are your thoughts on this whole, whole uh, mess? Yeah, I, I think this is fair, um, and I think the NBA's reasoning and their explanation of one, their the Bucks fully cooperated with the investigation. Um, I think it was good that the Kings were cleared of any wrongdoing here, because what benefit would any of this have had for the Kings to mm-hmm. put this out there? Like that, that would have just been. Um, so, so clearly, the they Kings. Well, yeah, but well, <laughs> hey, we're going to be nice. sorry, Kings new fans. Office there, new, you know, new, uh, new, new, new uh, right. era for the new Kings, era. So. That's um, right. We'll, we'll yeah. forgive them for the sins of the past. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, let's let them mess up a few times before then we can <laughs> rightfully rip them. Um, so clearly, right, it came from the box. Um, but then they were also very clear there was not you know any implicit evidence or whatever they said however they phrased it showing that definitely the Bucks were you know did this mm-hmm. um, and then it was ultimately the penalty was lessened a bit because he didn't sign there so I think altogether this makes sense to me I think had they signed Bogdanovich had there been you know real concrete evidence of it I think they would have lost their first round pick I think the NBA would have just mm-hmm. taken it away from them. Um, but in, there's been a couple people have already asked me on Twitter and they're like, why wasn't it this year's pick? The Bucks don't have it. It was sent to Indiana in a trade. That's not fair to penalize the Pacers. Pick that they own, free and unencumbered, no conditions or protections, which 2022. So that's right. why Milwaukee loses that one. So I think this is fair. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't, you know my feelings on this. I don't get all worked up over the tampering stuff. It's just, it, it happens. But you can't be putting stuff out there to reporters that you know are going to report it four or five days in advance of right. uh, something that is complicated as a sign-and-trade. Because that involves the player, his agent, the two teams, all the guys that are going to be dealt. That's that's just where it got to be. That was just too blatant and too much that there was just – you can't do that. So, so I, I think this is perfectly fair. It's um, – you know, the NBA is not a big fan of these deals coming out beforehand. Right, because it's clear that teams are going around the rules. But this season, there was really no other choice because of how quickly. I mean, you had what forty-eight hours between the NBA draft and the start of free agency, so you knew things were getting negotiated in advance. The previous offseason, it was very, very blatant. Blatant teams were just kind of putting it out there that that hey, this player is going here, and they well, the team weren't putting it out, but word was getting out there 
that it was yeah. uh, the, the deals were being done. I mean, look at Kemba Walker. Yeah, right? that was two days in advance of free agency. We knew he was going to the Celtics. Right. Yeah, and the NBA is yeah. not a big fan of, of that. They, they obviously kind of you know doesn't look great for them. But if you're the NBA, you can't just continue to threaten and threaten and threaten. Okay, guys, don't do this. We really don't want this to happen. And then when it does, not do anything. But at the same time, they didn't want to penalize the Bucks too much because they didn't even get the player yeah. out of it. So they at yeah. least kind of slapped them on the wrist and made sure that the entire league saw that, okay, there there will be some punishments if you violate these these rules. And, um, you know, moving forward, if it's more egregious, if it's something where uh, the team actually gets the player, then you're right. Maybe a first-round pick is uh, is taken away. But overall, I think this was... This is pretty fair for everybody involved, and it does set the precedent that, hey, the NBA will step in if it's particularly bad. Yeah, and I think two, two, I think mm-hmm. you're exactly right, and I bet there's some uh, some side conversations of next time anybody does this, like we're, we're yeah. coming down harder, right? Like, like this was the kind of this is the warning flight, knock it off, like second round pick, not the end of the world. And then the last thing is, if you're the Bucks, Giannis signed the extension. So you're kind of feeling pretty good almost no matter what anyway, right? Like you're yeah. feeling like, well, we're in a good place. We feel good about this one. So, yeah, well, we're not going to worry too much about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Bucks. I mean, big win for the Bucks to be able to bring Giannis back to them and, uh, and keep him around now long term. So they're not going to be fretting too much over a second round pick, but they still did get the little slap on the wrist. And like we said, the league is, is letting everybody know, look, we're not going to stand for this anymore. You need to make sure that you're you're following in line and, and playing by by the rules. Although we know, of course, nobody's really going to play by the rules, but at least don't publicly. <laughs> yeah, just stop telling Woj and Sean. Exactly. Right? Just do, do, do it quietly like you're supposed to. <laughs> All right, so another thing to get into, Rudy Gobert gets a an extension. Yeah. Was it $205 million for Rudy Gobert with the yep. Utah Jazz? I, I saw a very uh, polarizing response across social media. Some people saying, oh, this is what the Jazz needed. They needed to make sure they brought him back. And then other people saying, what? They overpaid. This is way too much money for Rudy Gobert. Where do you fall on that spectrum, Keith? Uh, I think it's fine for, let's say, years one through three. Mm-hmm. Um, years four and five, let's see um, what he is. Because he is, uh, I looked this up before, he's 28 now. So he'll be 30, 31, 32, 34 years old. I had to do quick math there, not very well um, in my head. He'll be 34 years old at the end of that. That eh, might not look so yeah. bad, right at the end of that extension. But. I think it gets way overblown that he's played off the floor in the playoffs. Everybody points to that. And the two only two teams that played him off the floor, Golden State. Well, Golden State played just about everybody, big man, off right. the floor throughout the course. And then Houston, which, yeah, I mean, there's only so much he can do there with you know the style that they previously played. They're not even going to play that way this year. So I think that's a little overblown. I think, you know, when you look at it, you need guys like him if you're going to compete with and go up against the Lakers, right? You need somebody to do something at the rim against James and Davis. Against the Nuggets, You he does an okay job against Jokic, um, you know, as much as kind of anybody does. Um, you know, you, you just need, you know, the Clippers are still a team that likes to drive to the basket a lot. You need him there for that. I think this is important, uh, much like the Bucks. This is a small market team that is, you know, they're locked, they locked up their guys because they gave Donovan Mitchell the extension earlier in the offseason. Um, you know, so now you know you have Gobert and Mitchell 
through 2025 at least. And then Mitchell's got the player option in 2025, 26, which I mean, just even hearing that year, like feels like it's so far <laughs> it does. away. Um, you know, right. Um, but it, it really is like, you know, for your next five years, including this year and then the four after that, you know, you've got your two all-stars locked up. And I think, you know, is Gobert all of a sudden going to turn into a guy who shoots threes? No, that's not his game. But he's a great finisher. He can do a lot of things around the basket. He's shown the ability over the last, let's call it, year and a half to two years. You can throw the ball to him in the post, and he can get you a basket on occasion on his own. Um, And I think, you know, this shows him and Mitchell are fine playing together. Um, you know, after their whole uh, spat after, you know, the coronavirus stuff and all that, you know, clearly that was done. My guess is the Gobert extension was only done because Mitchell was okay with it, right? You're prioritizing yeah. him first. Um, and I'm sure if he really said, I, you know, don't want him here, they would have been looking a different way. But yeah, now you don't have it hanging over your head the rest of the year. And I think Utah's one of those teams. I think it's, you know, the, the conference is kind of, for me, is slotting into Lakers. Clippers, Nuggets, and then kind of everybody right. else um, until you get to the lower end teams. And I think Utah is one of those teams that if everything goes right, they're hopeful. You know, we could break into that. You know, uh, top three grouping. And, you know, if all goes right, and now they don't have to. You know, answer the question every couple weeks of, hey, what's going on with Rudy Gobert and his contract? You know, do you think you still want to be here long term and and all that? So I, I think those are all the benefits. Why? And that's also a benefit that I should have mentioned with the Kuzma deal. Same thing at the beginning of the show. We talked yes. about the Kuzma. Now you don't have that hanging over your head as well. Yeah. But um, you know what? You mentioned that it's like Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, and then everybody else. I don't like if I'm the Utah Jazz, I should be saying, Hey, what about us? They were up three one on the Denver Nuggets. You know, they it looked like they had it and then things fell to pieces, but they were still up three one on them, and that was without Bojan Bogdanovic. They've got the players to really make a make an impact here in the Western Conference. They they are my team that I feel like everybody is sleeping on, and they should not be. This is a better team. Everybody's got this negative last impression because they, they blew that 3-1 series lead, but they are better than what people are, are giving them credit for. We're putting them in this lower tier, and I don't think they should be. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And Bogdanovich, that's a great point because they were really lacking a second guy who could create off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Conley did it a little bit. Mike Conley, you could tell, wasn't exactly himself. No. Um, and he had to leave the bubble for the birth of a child. He came back. Um, you know, he just wasn't really himself, even though he played much, much better for that team um, in the second half of last year than he did in the first half. I think first half, it just took he didn't have the ball all the time like he did with Memphis. Um, once he adjusted, I thought it was good. But Bogdanovich was awesome for them. Um, and he was that good playing with a hurt wrist almost all year. He got hurt in November. Um, in early November is when he got hurt. So he the hurt wrist put up incredible shooting percentage and this is a guy who can score off the dribble he's a good catch and shoot guy he's pretty good as a spot up player you know he can do a lot of different things i thought jordan clarkson after they got him um you know i'm not the biggest jordan clarkson guy in the world but you know you, every second unit needs that guy he was a fit like they can you know yeah exactly and, and they needed him mm-hmm. um big time so yeah and then getting Derek favors back i think that is the per you know if there's any big who knows how to play uh beside and behind gobert it's Derek favors um you know so if he can get back i thought the shaq harrison edition late um very very late in the process before the start of the season was a good one surprising too. how long he stuck around bench 
Yeah, yeah, really, really, you know, I don't know what was going on there. I think, you know, several teams missed. And then you've just got a bunch of guys, you know, I think we kind of like guys like Royce O'Neal's not bad. Uh, George Niang isn't bad. You know, so this is a team that I think they go about nine deep or so, which is pretty good. They, they, their front-end guys are really good. So I, I'm with you. I think my it, it's them in Portland, Ron, yes. you know, kind of neck and neck for me for the two teams that I think just kind of really talking about, right? Because everybody's like, the Warriors, can they get back? Uh, the Suns have Chris Paul now. You know they they they're gonna be able to do it. What's gonna what are the Rockets gonna become? And I feel like Utah and Portland. Everybody's like, yeah, they're good, but you know they're not one of those top three. They're not you know they're they're more on that other you know, and they just get kind of forgotten. And I think that is um you know I think those two teams are two teams that absolutely could be overlooked and really come up big. Yeah, hundred percent agree with everything you just said, Keith. That was that was phenomenal. Um, and you look at Gobert, now they've got their rim protector. They've got him locked up long-term. I do think it's a little bit much, and like you said, towards the end of that contract, could start looking uh, looking kind of ugly. But you got to also remember new ownership coming in with the Utah Jazz, somebody that really wants to have a solid core in place, and that's what they're getting. They are getting yep. their pieces locked in. They know what they've got moving forward, and, so, and there is a benefit to that. There's a benefit to having that certainty of knowing, okay, we can build around these players moving forward and not – hey, we've got cap room next year. Who knows what things might yeah. look like? Everything's kind of up in the air. There is that benefit to having that kind of certainty of having those players in place. Yep. All right. Let's um, let's finish things up with, with this. Wrap up today's show with NBA Finals. The NBA Finals yeah. predictions. I don't remember what our predictions were last year. I know I'm pretty sure I predicted Lakers because I felt like I had to. And I guess I was right on that. Um, and I felt pretty confident about the Lakers at that point, but I was also nervous about the Clippers, as I recall, and them coming in. But I know I picked the Lakers to win the whole thing. Um, I think it's going to be interesting this year. I think that Eastern Conference is pretty wide open. Where What are you leaning towards? And do you remember your picks from last year? Yeah, my picks were the Bucks and the Clippers okay. uh, preseason. Um, and I felt like the Clippers would win the whole thing. Um, I switched before the restart to the. I kept the Bucks and Clippers, but I picked a Bucks mm. to to win the whole thing. So I was completely wrong and off. So, so whatever I say here, take with, with a you know massive grain of salt um, on that. So yeah, I think you are right. I think as I look at both conferences, I feel like I have seven teams mm. that I feel like are locks to be one through seven in both conferences. And then I feel like the eight through ten play seven through ten, um, but I th- think you know that having to only get to ten makes such a big difference now at the bottom mm-hmm. of the conferences, where I think you're going to see teams try to hang in there a little bit longer, teams that should maybe sell players off and the like. I think you're going to see them really kind of run deeper into this season and feel like, hey, we just got to get to ten, you know, and then we can get into the mix and we can be in there um, in the playing. So. Um, but we won't go through the whole thing. Um, I will. I will say this one just for the Boston fans that that listen because they know I cover the Celtics. I'm a little bit down on Boston this year, especially compared to some of the uh, predictive modeling, right. which has them as one of the better teams in the East. I've got them fifth in, in the East. I've got them behind Milwaukee, Philadelphia. I just can't quit the Sixers. One of these days, I'll learn better, um, or they'll prove me right. It'll be one or the other. Uh, Brooklyn, who now that I've seen enough of KD and Kyrie that I feel really, really good about the Nets mm-hmm. and Miami. I think Miami's depth is, is going to win out. So I've got Boston just behind those teams, but it's close. You know, there, there's not – I don't see in either conference there being a super dominant team. 
this year. And I and that's not the, and I'm not saying that to tweak Lakers fans or anything. I just don't think the Lakers are going to push over that's LeVar a good point in the regular season. I, I just I think the I think they'll be just as good as they were a year ago. But I think in the regular season, as long as they're third or fourth, they don't really care. What difference does it make? You know, so what if they got to go, you know, across the hall, um, you know, on the road? Um, in Game Seven, or go to Denver in Game, that's not going to bother them. They're they're fine, you know. They they'll they'll you know. Hey, we still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So so here here here's what I'll tell you. I'll give you my finals right. right now. Um, is I have the Bucks and the Lakers this year. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna pick the Bucks. I think it's I think it's all come together, and I know it seems weird because it seems like they have a worse team, but I think they're gonna have a better team come playoffs. And the reason I say that is I think in the regular season, them not being 11 or 12 deep is going to force them to play Giannis and Middleton 30 to 35 minutes a night versus 25 to 30 minutes a night. So then when you get to the playoffs, they should be able to step them up to 40-plus minutes without that whole worry, right? Budenholzer said that over and over again. They're just not able to go you know, any longer than you know 35 minutes. That's the max I can play them. So I think they're going to be able to push them a little bit deeper. And then I think their top, let's say, seven or eight is just as good or maybe better than it was a year ago. And I think Drew Holiday makes a huge difference for that team. So that's why I'm going to I'm gonna kind of double down on the Bucs, um, fully prepared to be wrong. Um, I feel less confident in them than I do that the Lakers will come. I've got the Lakers, you know, just for full disclosure. I've got them finishing third in the regular season. But again, I just I just don't think they care. I don't think it matters to them. So we've got them finishing third and then um but getting back to the finals again. Yeah, I like I like those picks. Um, you know, when I look at when I look at depth and I consider that depth matters in the regular season. If you have everybody healthy, depth doesn't matter as much in the playoffs yeah. because a lot of teams are short, shortening their rotation to eight guys, sometimes even seven guys in, in yeah. the playoffs. So if you have everybody healthy, you're okay. But getting to that point, you need Depth And so the Bucks they lost a little bit of depth, but I think with Drew Holiday, their top-end talent is actually improved compared to last season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also going with the Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the East. I am going, once again, second year in a row. I'll go Lakers coming out of the Western Conference. I think the Lakers, on paper, are better than they were last year. Yes, I've got some concerns about a, a rim-protecting big. Do they need that? Do they not? But I do think that if they get part of the way through the season and they figure out that's something they need, Rob Palenka can probably go find someone with that skill set that can come in. Um, not obviously a top-tier player or anything, but I think there's still some possibilities for them to add a piece maybe at the at the buyout market or something like that. So I'm going to go Lakers coming out of the, the Western Conference. And, of course, I, I can't I can't be for the Lakers Nation and not say the Lakers are going to win the, win the whole thing here. So I've got them, <laughs> um, them winning it all second in a row. I know the recent poll of NBA GMs had the Lakers as the heavy favorite. So I'll stick with them. See if they can make it. I think it's, uh, they should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they did some great yeah. things this off season. I I really like their um, what the pieces that they added. So I'll go Lakers uh, taking the whole thing. But again, against the Bucks, and I think the Bucks are even more of a formidable opponent because of what Drew Holiday brings. He brings a lot to both ends of the floor, and so I think this is the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I know we said it last year, but I think this is the year the Bucks finally break through and are back yeah. in the NBA Finals. And I say that fully recognized, and I would not be surprised. Um, oops, sorry, my uh, phone's reminding me it's almost time for Celtics media availability. Oh. Um, it is. Uh, it, I am. Uh, I say that you know, Nets wouldn't surprise me. Miami, mm-hmm. Boston, 
um, you know, would not shock me at all. You know, if those, those teams, you know, made it through there. Um, in the West, Clippers wouldn't surprise me. No. You know, if they can get past some of the nonsense. Uh, Denver, I really think Denver's going to be really, really good. I just think Denver's one of those teams, I think, it wouldn't surprise me if Denver had finished with the best record in the league in the regular season. They've got probably the best home court advantage in the league. Um, and I think they um, also, they go, you know, 10, 11 guys deep. They feel pretty good about putting on the floor. And I think that, that'll just overwhelm teams. Um, you know, kind of like Milwaukee a year ago. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Denver's kind of rampaging through. But I just think when it gets to the playoffs, I'm just not going to bet against LeBron and AD. I don't think it's going to be the, the 4-1 walkthroughs like it was, you know, a year ago. Um, I think it will be a little bit tougher because I think the conference is a little bit better. Um, and I think, um, you know, these teams are going to be, they're going to be in a little bit better shape um, come postseason. But yeah, I just, I can't bet against those guys. It just, you know, I, I as much as, you know, there's, there's a part of me that really wants to pick the Clippers. Again, I just, I'm going to kind of put it, prove it to me. Yeah. And then, then, mm-hmm. then, then we'll be there. But yeah. Yeah, so, all right, so that was boring. We both have the exact same finals. Just <laughs> well, but we have different games. outcomes there. That's it. Uh, It'll be finals. easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, right? We have different different outcomes in the end of the finals, and we got to be real with it. But the one thought that popped in my head that worries me, Keith, what if it, what if it was your pick that cursed the Clippers last season, and now you've put that on the Lakers? Man. I'm a little bit worried here. Go go put all your money on Clippers Nets then, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> that's it. You know, I, yeah, and I, it was not any kind of reverse jinx that I picked the uh, picked the Lakers to get back. I just, you know, I don't, I, you know, that, I'll save that for our pre-playoff predictions. You know, a few months from now when we get there, um, that's that's like I need to start throwing things to to keep it even, right? Seventeen, seventeen. Right. Here's what I, now. Now let me tell you what I want. Yeah, whether it's this year or next. Whenever either one of them gets there next, I want Boston and the Lakers to go head-to-head even in championships. I just oh, think that would be, be the coolest thing in the world um, to, you know, to see those two teams go, you know, in there head-to-head. You know, they've, they've got, you know, even in titles. Um, yeah, and it wouldn't shock me if we got that this year. I think Boston is going to be kind of bad early on. They might be like 10 and 10 through 20 games or so, and then they'll start to figure it out. Then Kemba Walker will get back. And and then I think the kids will have some more experience and then they'll, they'll round into being a really good playoff team. Um, so I, I'm not, you know, down on the Celtics by any means long-term. I just think they're going to struggle early in the season. So, you know, wouldn't that be cool though, Boston and in, in, in LA, you know, kind of to break the championship tie. Well, I mean, the, the Celtics were in the Eastern Conference Finals this last year, so it's certainly not out of the question at all for that to happen. And I think we need a reminder, Keith. I've had so many Lakers fans last year. Any poll that I did had the Clippers as the team they wanted the Lakers to beat the most, right? Like that was their the team that was bothering them the most. Like we got a reminder of the Lakers and Celtics rivalry back in in 08 and 2010. I feel like it's been long, like we need another installment of this to remind yeah. everybody what this this whole Lakers Celtics rivalry is all about. So I'm yeah. I'm with you. If it winds up Lakers Celtics like this year, that'd be great. I'll take it. Yep, absolutely. All right, all right. Let's uh, we did it. Let's wrap things up there. Everybody, thank you so much for for joining us, for watching, and for listening. If you're listening to the Apple Podcast version of this, Keith, here we are. NBA season starts up tomorrow. Can't wait. Here we go. 
Absolutely. Um, I'm psyched. If you listened in on uh, Apple Podcasts, five-star rating and review, please, for us, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button so you'll know uh, when we're there. We'll get back to doing live shows again. It's just, it's Christmas week. We're we're busy. We got all sorts of other stuff. We're not even in our regular uh, no. spot. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get all that figured out. But, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Everybody out there, stay safe. Happy holidays. You know, enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And, guys, we, we will do live streams again with these in the future so we can take your questions. But you guys can see I'm in – right now I'm at my in-laws. So I don't have the <laughs> bandwidth to stream live at the moment. So it's something that we will do again, though, in the future. Everybody have a great, great Christmas. Um, and let's enjoy the start of the NBA season. Uh, guys, make sure you do follow Keith at KeithSmithNBA. You can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane. And don't forget to support our sponsor, Theragun, theragun.com slash office. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.